you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our tubes to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm here today with someone who is uh, new to the podcast and um, relatively new to me as well. I mean, I, I try to keep my ear to the ground as much as I can to find out about what interesting music is happening in Manitoba. And I think I, I re- just started following uh, your band on social media and then suddenly I get this email from House of Wonders saying, hey, you should interview this artist. So yeah, the timing worked out great. And I think that the best way to start this off is if you want to introduce yourself and just give a bit of background about what it is you do as an artist. Okay. Uh, wow. Um so just to start off with a bit of background about myself, my name is Veronica Blackhawk. I am located right now in Winnipeg, but I'm also from Lake of the Woods, Ontario. Um, more, um, I the the reserve I'm from is north called Northwest Angle Thirty Three. Um, I go there pretty often uh, because it is like a huge part of my background and my traditions and just who I am as a person. So um, a lot of the art and the subject matter kind of revolves around that um, and how my life as an artist in the city and um, a traditional Anishinaabe person intertwine. Um, so it's been a really nice kind of kickstart to our, our sorry, <laughs> it's been a really nice kickstart to just um, our introduction in the Winnipeg music scene. We started recording with Adam Fear um, in last year uh, in May. And when I say we, I mean uh, me and my band, which is uh, Lincoln Brown and Jordan Tate. They are my drummer and bassist that I met uh, while going to Tech Falk High School. Oh, cool. Okay, so you spent uh, plenty of time in Winnipeg, obviously. Then you know, leading up to now, if you if you went to Tech Vogue. Oh yeah, it's funny. Um, I spent um, most of my elementary and high school, uh, half of my high school in Winnipeg, uh, whereas a lot of um, my teen years uh, after and afterwards were spent in Lake of the Woods. So I, I, that's why I, I kind of more in my later years, I kind of gravitated to being in Ontario, but. Um, So I'm also, I'm still in this weird, never-ending, readjusting phase of of, uh, being in Winnipeg again, because, like, I'm always kind of going back and forth, right? Well, the good thing about Winnipeg is that, you know, anyone who's lived here for even, like, a day, we tend to claim them as as Winnipeggers, so I think that you qualify. (laughs) (laughs) You definitely definitely fit the the bill. So as far as the actual type of music you're playing, I mean, how long has this band actually been a band? Like, how long have you been working on on this music? Um, So I did... Well, I, I don't want to say I debuted, but like the first time I 
decided to start playing music uh, under the name Tinge was in 2018. Um, I got accepted into the Folk Fest Young Young Performers Program. um, And it was like two originals and um, a Julian Baker demo. Um, From like, it was then I I, I liked being able to play solo because it was, you know, it it wasn't so much to manage at that time. Like I was just coming out of high school and yeah, I was just trying to understand and find a place in in uh, the music scene, and so I, I did I did it solo for like a a few shows, but eventually, like right off the bat, I knew I needed to find um, a bassist and a and a percussionist to fill everything out. Uh, Jordan, I met him in like ninth grade, so like uh, he was always somebody that I would play play with, even if it wasn't um, like super serious. So he was someone I reached out to right away. And Lincoln Brown was somebody we met kind of later, I, like when I came back into the city after moving around um, Ontario for a bit. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, well, I mean, it's, it's, especially, it's good to find, especially like um, a rhythm section is super important, right? To find one that you actually feel like you can work with well. And having known, you know, one of them for as long as you have, that, that's got to help too, right? Having that connection um, with someone, uh, friendship level before even the music thing and being able to, you know, that, that's always like a, a nice thing to have in your back pocket as an artist, having someone that you have known for so long. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Jordan fills out everything in a way that it, it's just like impossible. It feels like so hard for me to go back out alone now. Um, just having that additional melody because I like to be super technical in a lot of my riffing, but there are a lot of songs where I kind of, it was uh, more written in a meditative state. And all I really did was like play a few chords. And originally like um, the song, the single that we chose to debut with this month, um, Arm to the Teeth, originally like, I brought that to them and I kept, I had so many doubts. I doubts. I kept saying, maybe this is just an acoustic one. I play by myself for like the solo gigs. I don't know. It, it's a really simple song, really simple structure. Once I brought it to the guys, you know, Jordan added this bass riff that is just kind of like the primary bones of the song. And, and, you know, um, Lincoln, you know, both of them have been, instrumentalists their whole lives themselves too so it definitely fills out um in a simple like in a simple but just beautiful kind of structure that it is it sounds super um it sounds like we 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 took a lot of time to hone it down but in reality like we kind of just roughed everything together within the past year and worked really really hard within a few like a few minimal practices. Cool, cool. What kind of stuff were you listening to? When you when you first started playing music, what kind of stuff were you listening to and what kind of sounds do you think inspired what it is you do now? Amazing. Okay, perfect. Um, I was really, really inspired by Julian Baker and Phoebe Bridgers. Um, they actually were at the Folk Fest in 2018 um, when, when they were just kind of starting out in their careers. And I had found... Um, Stranger in the Alps and Sprained Ankle and just absolutely fell in love with it because at the time I was writing and feeling a lot of things that I didn't relate to in kind of the solo uh, female, um, like a lot of it was like uh, country singers or pop singers. Yeah. And 
I kind of what I resonated was with was a lot more um, harder than that. It was a lot more uh, tailored around conversation for mental health and um, just kind of stuff like that. So at first, I definitely like we did. I described myself as an indie folk artist because that more fit what I was doing as just a, um, like a solo singer artist. Um, but later on, once I was able to kind of grasp and attain uh, instrumentalists uh, like uh, with a background like Lincoln and Jordan, um, I was able to kind of fill things out and um, more so do a little bit of like math rock inspired yeah. riffs. If you're familiar, I I love math rock so much. Um, I have a huge love for like <clears throat> post rock and originally like, I wanted to be like a huge post rock band and I, I had like this big collection of pedal boards um, over the pandemic and everything. Eventually like things started shrinking down and it just like now I'm now I'm down to two pedals and it's just like super kind of um, it's it's just, it's simpler on my end. It's easier for me as a performer to hone hone live, I guess. Um but I still get to throw in the little tappy riffs and I still get to have the crunchier breakdowns. Yeah. So what do you, I guess, have you come up with a better way of sort of defining what it is you do now? I mean, because I know indie folk is one thing, but having those elements you just talked about, I mean, the, the post-rock stuff, the math rock riffs, like that's not something you typically think about with indie folk. Do you have a, a yeah. better description of it? Um, the wider net, I think, would just be indie rock. Okay. But for more people, for people who are more inclined to kind of um, dig into the subgenres, I, I I believe we're more in the like the Midwest emo kind of feel. Um, yeah. Feeling all kinds of sorry for myself and those around me. Time they go to fix it Something else is breaking No longer that you stare The uglier it gets So
That seems to be a thing that, that, that is coming up a lot more just, you know, over the course of doing this show for, for the years that I've been doing it. I am hearing people referencing Midwest Emo again, like for the first time in, in years as kind of a, a touch point where, where they're coming from and what they listen to. So how did you get into that? Like, what, what, what is, what's, what's happening? Why is this, this becoming a thing again? It's great, but where did it come from on your end? Like, how did you sort of get into that stuff? Um, I can talk about emo forever. I am such a huge emo <laughs> nerd. Like, I have a book around here on emo somewhere. Um, nice. <laughs> genuinely, like, it started out as me finding, I think, Alexis on Fire as a kid. Good. Um, I, I found, I think, yeah, like, our access as Canadian youth was super limited to what we were able to see on television. And, like, this one time... Everything was super Canadian, right? Because it was much music, yeah. um, CMT, like everything like that. And um, I was watching this like American, no, I don't know if it was American or not, but it was a TV show on Adult Swim called Clone High. And it had this soundtrack that just like absolutely blew my mind. It was so cool. Like I didn't even have internet at the time. Like I remember I took my little camera and I like took pictures of the end roll credits. Oh, yeah. And like, just so I can make sure I like I could find the artists and I went down to the library and I researched them and like, I just, I had to find out, um, sorry, what this, what the sound was. And just from there, like in my teens, it kind of blew up and, um, I do a lot of, um, sorry, I don't want to get too into it, but I have a kind of side project where I, try to host and highlight a lot of um, <clears throat> different uh, voices in the Midwest emo community. Okay. So it's like, a, yeah, it's a big playlist with a bunch of different diverse artists. And the point behind that is just finding voices um, to discover, I guess, more along in that genre that I see myself in that are that, yeah. <laughs> I can snowball in this topic forever. Sorry. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. I, I, it's that, I think that like part of being that passionate about it probably comes from just having, like you said, not having the internet, having to go out and actually dig this stuff up yourself. Cause I'm for sure passionate about some genres of music in the same way. And it's totally from that. It's from just like, you know, not having the option to just Google it and having to go out and dig and find all these records I wanted and stuff. And it definitely, that, that sticks with you, right? Like having put in that amount of work to, to like something Absolutely. that it, it definitely, uh, you carry it with you for sure. Yeah. It's uh it's neat to see an emo kind of come back too, because I mean, I think for a long time it was a bad word for a lot of people and now people are sort of embracing it again and embracing kind of the, um, I don't want to say the real stuff, but like what the actual, um, emo scene was about in the first place and kind of, you know, moving away from the, uh, the, the mainstream view of it with the people were just thinking of dumb haircuts and, you know, people crying exactly. on a record. Exactly. That is exactly what I'm trying to do with the project I have going on. Uh, for the longest time, I guess, you know, what the media face of emo was, was kind of about it. It was a lot of demonizing young girls and, and sure. young women. And from there, it kind of snowballed into this like kind somewhat like kind of toxic um, sub sub community and. When reality, you know, I, I, I did the research and I, and I read the books and like I looked into it and originally um, it wasn't even like a 
a genre, like a super specific genre. There were bands like acoustic bands, like yeah. Dashboard Confessional, play, playing hardcore bands, and it was literally about emotion and music and connecting on that level. And then there was never supposed to be like people turned it into an image that you know it. it, it that's kind of what happens in the media, but. Well, it's like um, everything else. Every genre of music sort of becomes yeah. a fashion, right? And then that that it, part of it is what people remember, and it, unless they're really doing the work to remember the roots of it and kind of where it came from, yeah. Well, uh, not right. not to dwell on emo too much because I, I you know, <laughs> we could, but um, do do you, I assume you you feel a connection to the the emotional um, aspect of that genre too, right? That the, the kind of like um, soul bearing, um, especially with yeah. the, the lyric storytelling, personal storytelling. Does that uh, really resonate with you? 100 percent um it's funny um i wouldn't i don't know like if you could categorize tinge as like traditional emo i don't yeah. know if a lot of people like would could listen to it and and make that decision right off the bat um but going under you know the, the connotations of what i just explained um we are super emotional and we are we take influences from the, those specific references and um yeah <laughs> your electric stash shakes the skin right from my bones i've been trying hard to hide
I'll, I'll move. I'll move on from <laughs> from emos. This whole this whole conversation isn't about that. But um, how did you get involved with working with uh, with House of Wonders? Because that that's like you know, as a relatively new label in the city. I mean, they've been doing some really good stuff uh, over the past few years, and definitely, um, I don't know if there's necessarily a sound that that House of Wonders has, but I mean, there's definitely a lot of bands that that you can see some connection with, you know, from artist to artist, even if they don't sound like the same style of music. Did did, did you approach them, or was the other way around? Yeah, definitely. I reached out to them, like, I think it was last year sometime, maybe in March, just yeah, around this time, which is kind of crazy. Um, additionally, um, I had reached out and um, it was really nice. Uh, me and Adam, we just kind of hit it off on like an artist, artistic level and a, and a personal level. We like the conversation, um, it just felt really well and it felt like we, we fit. And I did look into other locations and other places, but like, just going off of the work that Adam had released in the past, especially with like, you know, Am- um, Virgo Rising, yeah. Amos the Kid, and then uh, Jamboree, and Julian's, like, I love all of them. Julian's Daughter, like, I love all those bands. I'm a huge fan of all of them. So, like, of course, that's one of the things I asked right off the bat was like, and it was think I think it was even before I'd even sent him any demos. I was like, what are you, like, what, what does it look like to sign with you guys? And, and, at first, it kind of seemed like, um, and definitely, you're going to be timid uh, when working with a new artist. Um, the conversation didn't start there. Um, I think it was later down the line, once I had made the decision and kind of tested out the waters um, between other uh, producers and had this had the discussion with my friends um, around kind of the work, um, what other production places spaces have to offer um it seemed like house of wonders was just like the best fit financially and sure. um but that's important right you got you have to yeah. keep that in mind yeah 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 and, and 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 like personal wise and also like just everything that he put out with the the previous bands was had stuff that i wanted to kind of capture on my release as well um so it was just kind of a dream fit um and it was, I can't remember, uh, maybe within the second song uh, we were recording, we were only supposed to come down and record three th- uh, three songs at first. I literally moved from the reserve back down uh, t- to here, to Winnipeg, so that I could be able to do the recordings and everything. And it was only going to be a three-song demo released online, no live shows or anything like that, but he kind of really brought it out and really encouraged me and like I one of the things I remember him saying is that like this kind of EP it, it really doesn't come around often so um, we made the decision to extend my stay in Winnipeg uh, record the two songs keep the band together uh, keep the live shows going and sign on to the label do a physical release and a few months later you know it snowballed into this huge thing that it was like a one in a million kind of decision on the spur beautiful time of like right time right place kind of thing that's awesome that's awesome yeah so how does it feel now now that you know that i mean at the time we're recording this it's like what less than a month until the um 
the EP comes out. What What is that feeling like, sort of knowing that this is imminent and <laughs> knowing that people are going to hear th- this record that you made, um, you know, after all the time you put in to writing the songs and learn, rehearsing them as a band and recording them and all this, like now that it's kind of, you know, about to come out, are, are you nervous about that at all? Or are you, are you excited? You're probably excited, I'm sure, but. I feel so good. I have been marinating on these songs for so long and it, and it wasn't, and it didn't, never, I never let it get to a point where I let it like destroy me to the, like where I was like, I need to get these out. Um, I never, I never rushed it, and I got to work with some of the greatest people I've ever met, which is really nice. Um, that always helps. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, like, and they've always, they, like, the whole team has been super reassuring the whole time, super helpful. Like, from what could have been just a quiet bedroom demo first debut. Yeah, turned into this giant, like beautiful, like it would feels like a com- community space event type thing, <laughs> and um, I'm just I'm really happy. Um, I feel a little nerves, a, l- a little bit anxious about putting everything out there for the first time, and especially with the a bit um, with the work that Adam's been putting in for PR. Like I've never really had my face out there. Uh, to this degree so it's been super nerve-wracking um in that sense but i am also taking all the steps and all the time i need in order to work through the anxiety and just make sure that i am in a good place for the release and everything and it's been really great that's awesome well and if you if you're if you're proud of the songs too right i mean that's gonna that's gonna make all of the the publicity stuff easier because it's i mean that's gonna come through it clearly comes through you're obviously you know proud of the the work you've done leading up to this point so that's that smooth things smooths things over a little bit i think when it comes to uh promoting yourself definitely yeah so uh, i guess at this point you know with it with this uh release imminent who are you hoping this record is for? I mean, obviously you want as many people as possible to hear it, I'm sure. But do you have kind of a, a listener in mind uh, when you think of who you would like to see appreciate what you're putting out there? Wow. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the work I do um, kind of is tailored towards representation and giving access to I guess young folks that were like me in the past that didn't really know where to start with community or know um, or see themselves in many other artists, right? That is the, I think that's the main goal, but I think the wider sense is I'd really just love to be able to connect with anybody else that has dealt with the same kind of burdens and, and the same emotions and give them a safe space to feel them and acknowledge them. And, you know, myself giving myself permission to have space and talk about the so- the content on the songs. Um, I, I had to look at it like as a much bigger picture than just myself. Okay. Um, because like from knowing like the songs from Julian Baker and and and, and Phoebe Bridgers how they helped me like I I really just love to help others connect with themselves in that sense too. 
but so I think it's a pretty pretty good goal to have as someone because I mean once it's out there it's sort of out of your hands right people will will listen to it and interpret it how they they see fit and kind of it'll affect them how it affects them but yeah that's a, I think that's a a good desire to have for, for your work for sure um again at this point you know it, when we're recording this the the EP is not out yet the good thing about this being a podcast is someone could hear it the day it comes out or they could hear it a year from now what's the best yeah. way to to find your music to to find out what you're doing as far as upcoming shows and things like that um so right now you can find us uh most of our first posts and announcements happen uh, on instagram at tinge the band all one word um also on facebook if you look us up at tinge the band all one word we, we should pop up under tinge as well um i'm also i i have i'm on instagram personally as tinge the person um just for like personal music community projects and other uh, art projects that i do um so yeah any any um i'm always open to collaborations and any any questions or people just kind of wondering where to start out in their art too so i'd i'd I'm always encouraging um, young artists to just try. <laughs> cool. And then this is coming out on tape, like all the other uh, House of Wonders releases. And I assume once that's happened, it'll be available in all the other uh, digital formats that yeah. people tend to listen to music to these days, right? Yes. So we'll have a, an official home at houseofwonders.online slash tinge for the next coming while. Okay. Um, I do definitely hope to keep working with Adam in the future. And so, yeah, you can definitely find us there and up on, his, on the website as well. Awesome.